Hi everybody, my name is Kabir Seth and this is the weekly spotlight from Diversity in Apps. In the weekly spotlight, we like to touch on a couple articles from our newsletter that hopefully entice you to go out and read them as well as share them. In addition, we usually have someone on from the children's media space, a producer, a researcher, a parent, who is talking about this issue or sharing something that uh, relates to this issue. And this week, we're going to have our first guest, Brianna Pressey, from the Cooney Center, who's going to join us and talk a little bit about what she is up to at the Cooney Center and what the Cooney Center is planning going forward. So uh, before we get to the couple articles from the newsletter, the couple housekeeping things, one is uh, you can always subscribe to our newsletter by going to diversityinapps.com. And the other piece is that we are now on the iTunes uh, store, so you can subscribe to our podcast as well as leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. So let's get into the articles. The first article this week is from The Guardian. It's by Robin Stevens. She is an author of a series called Murder Most Unladylike. It's for children... Uh, ages 9 to 12, so a middle grade novelist. And what she talks about is how she's often asked to talk to uh, students at various schools. And over the last couple of weeks, she's gotten requests, actually two requests, to come speak to students, which is not that unusual, but only speak to the female students in, in the school. And the author has a line in there talking about who her stories are about, not who they are for. And I thought that was really well put. And it's something that I think <clears throat> a lot of us in the industry um, talk about who, who, who care about this, this issue. And one of the things we talk about a lot in diversity and apps is the idea of windows, mirrors, and sliding doors. And the media that children should be consuming should be all of those things. They should be windows to a world that they've never seen. They should be mirrors that reflect the world that they live in, and they should be sliding doors that open up a, a new world. And the, the article actually made me think of sort of the, the overall idea of, of sort of empathy. And this idea that um, one of the things she touches on towards the end of the article is that uh, a mom had gone up to one of her fellow authors and asked her, is this book about girls because my son won't read any books that are about girls? And really, what she was saying was, I've taught him it's okay to not really read any books that are about girls. And I think the the reason I come back to this idea of empathy is one of my favorite books is To Kill a Mockingbird. And one of the things that Atticus obviously tells Scout is this idea of you don't really know someone until you've walked around in their shoes. And I think that allowing boys to read books that are about female characters allow them to walk around and and feel like what it is to be a girl. And, you know, the article touches on not only sort of books, but really, you know, you, you saw this when The Force Awakens came out and there was no Rey character to be found. There was no action figure. There were board games that had some of these characters from The Force Awakens. Rey was nowhere to be found. And you saw that with Frozen, when Frozen was a, a huge hit a couple of years ago, I, I had a mom tell me that, you know, 
her son loved Frozen. And what's Frozen about? It's about Anna and Elsa. And when she wanted, when he wanted Frozen underwear, there was no boys' underwear with Anna and Elsa on it. And so um, I think this article touches on sort of all of those things, and it doesn't just relate to books. And um, you should definitely check it out. Um, they have a couple links in there to the the Where's Ray um, sort of product fiasco that happened with that. So really good article. The second article is about um, the movie industry, specifically Warner Brothers. This comes from uh, from Think Progress. And what the article talks about, um, it starts with a couple statistics. Um, of the major studios, in 2010, the number of uh, major studio films that were directed by, a women, by women were, uh, were 8.1%, which was actually a five-year high. And in 2014, that had dropped substantially. And Warner Brothers, in fact, had dropped all the way down to 2.3% of their films were directed by women. And so what this fellowship program is doing is actually pairing aspiring filmmakers, female filmmakers, with mentors from the industry to put together a film. Now, it's not a full featured film. It's a film that's you know, between three and, and 10 minutes, but, um, they have a budget. Uh, and as I mentioned, they have a mentor and, um, you know, it's, it's a good step in the, in the right direction. And, um, one of the things that the article also talked about is this idea. Um, and sometimes something we talk about at, in diversity in apps a lot is this idea of, of has the word diversity sort of lost its meaning and a better term is something that comes from the director of Selma, Ava DuVernay, who said that, you know, we should be talking about inclusion or belonging. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're looking at when we talk about our inclusion guidelines, um, diversity and inclusion guidelines for a product, is hiring, how, how you hire. And what this article talks about is in Hollywood, a lot of times what happens is people look for people that look like them. And one of the things we put in those guidelines and in our initial drafts is this idea of going outside of your network and hiring someone who doesn't look like you that didn't go to your school. Um, this was something that Google has, has started doing over the last couple of years. They were recruiting primarily from five to 10 schools for their engineers, for their, uh, for their product people, etc. And they've started to now go to historically black colleges and basically widen their search for the people that they that they want to work for them. And it's very simple. That's how you get people who don't look like you, people who have different ideas, and that's how you innovate. So, um, you know, the article I talked about last week touched on some of this sort of the scientific um you know, proof that that diversity helps you win in business. But um is a good article. Definitely check it out. We have a couple articles from the LA Times also this week, both touching on diversity. One as it relates to the tech industry, and one that relates to um, the Supreme Court. So with that, let's get to our special guest for this week. So as promised, uh, Brianna Pressy is here from the Cooney Center. Brianna, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me on. 
and you are a research manager at the CUNY Center. So before we go into what that means, can you just give a little background on what the CUNY Center is and sort of how it relates to Sesame, et cetera? Sure. Um, so the CUNY Center, the Joan Gans CUNY Center is obviously named after Joan Gans CUNY, who is the woman who created Sesame Street. And it's an independent research and innovation lab housed at Sesame Workshop. So okay. um, Sesame has its own research department, but we're kind of more of an independent arm. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So we do um, we do several types of research, including ethnographic research and national surveys and quick studies, um, mostly around how to optimize children's learning in a digital age. And how many people are there at the at the community center in New York, in where you where you are? Um, that's kind of a <laughs> it's a bit of a tough question because we have probably in the office about 10 people okay our our network is so far beyond that we right, have people right. like all over the place doing work and research with us so uh, okay and, things about and so sesame's been around obviously since the 60s and how long has this specific research and innovation lab been around i'm pretty sure 2007 okay Okay, so, not so that it's, long. it's relatively young, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so you are a research manager there, and what sort of, how long have you been there, and then sort of what, what sort of projects do you focus on? Um, so I started here in 2012 as a research assistant on one of the quick study projects, um, oh. and since then I've been really focusing on, so that quick study project actually sure. turned into Sort of the it's kind of turned into the families and media project, which I spend most of my time on now. Okay. And the families and media project is part of a large consortium made up of several research arms, including us, um, people at Stanford, Northwestern, Rutgers, Arizona State, and University of Washington. Okay. And basically, the point of at least this first phase of the research project is to see where media fit into existing family routines. Um, whether that's, you know, their learning arrangements or opportunities for bonding or um, connecting with family abroad. I see. And uh, most of us focused on Hispanic Latino families with the exception of one of the um, research groups at Northwestern. Okay. And this was the first phase of the project, you said? Yes. We're coming to the close of the first phase of it. Um, we're trying to plan for the second phase. Gotcha. And how long How long was the, the first phase and what sort of were... Um, were the outcomes. I know you guys put together a design guidelines, but what mm -hmm. um, what was sort of the, the length of this study? Sure. Um, I guess it's been about three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we've, mostly in the first year, we all collected research from, you know, our different regional areas all across the country. Um, we spent another year just sort of analyzing and doing some cross analysis and figuring out what sort of themes are similar and different between all of our different um, populations because uh -huh. while we all focused on Hispanic Latino families, or most of us, not all, right? Um, obviously that word encompasses so many people. Sure. Um, so we have, you know, people from Mexico, Ecuador, Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, and and it, it encompasses so many different types of people and then also sort of the different makeup of those families, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, so often people just get lumped into these big groups. So one of our main um, goals was to just pull those apart and really highlight not only cultural and um, ethnic sort of differences, but just family differences and individuality of children and parents. Sure, sure. So 
Um, in terms of the the study was sort of over a three-year period, did you find, obviously technology changes so quickly every six months um, or, you know, every year there's a new iPhone, but mm -hmm. did you find that sort of the research um, was affected by that amount of technology change or did you did you see how the families were sort of still using over a three period three year period were still sort of using technology in the same way? Well, um, you're so right about the technology changing so quickly, and that's why we have quick studies. Okay. Uh, which we just kind of go in like rapidly collect data and put something out there, like usually in one of our Cooney Center reports. But sure. uh, in terms of the families that we studied here. Um, we didn't study each family over the three-year period. We just went in with each family, or at least for the um, the Cooney Center study. Mm -hmm. We went in for about six to eight weeks with each, each family and visited them in their homes. And I see. Okay. Saw what kids were using, um, how they were using it. So I can't say whether their patterns have changed over this three-year period, but um, I mean, they were watching TV with their siblings. They were playing games on the iPhone. Sure. That's what you would typically see. Right, right. And so in terms of geograph like geographically, did you see differences? I know um, sort of Washington, you know, you had a study in Washington, you had a study in Stanford. Did you see differences um, compared to what you guys were seeing um, with your families? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, so we did our study mostly around the city. Okay. Um, so it's geographic and it's also um, in terms of income. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, even in the, the studies that we did just within our our area were different. I mean, because some kids were like, um, you know, going on subways all the time. So, like, they're playing sure. on their phones in the subway where somebody out, like, in a middle class right, uh, right. neighborhood in Washington might be, like, you know, spending more time in a car, yeah. like, and organized sports or organized piano or something like that. So just seeing how their lives right. were a the bit different. Yeah, the commute is different. Their life is different. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So the outcome of that was really a set of design guidelines, correct, called, in, called Designing for Diverse Families. Yes. Yeah, so that was one of our, um, our outcomes. We're also working together on a bunch of different academic journal articles and a book and um oh wow okay so, um but yeah the the one that we have out now is the design guide um designing for diverse families using research to inspire design right and the 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 basically what the guidelines are is a set of case studies right the the different families that you basically went and visited i'll i should really let you talk about it but that <laughs> that's the 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 gist correct yeah so um the it was written by um Amber Levinson, who is at Stanford, um, so she did a lot of her study with um, Mexican families in the San Francisco area. Okay. Um, Sanemcia Han, um, at the time of this of her research, she was at University of Arizona, also working with Mexican families, I believe. Um, and then me, so we were around the tri-state area here. Right. And then Katie, um, Katie Hedrick Taylor, who at the time was at Northwestern of her research. So we have all these different um, locations and uh, we pulled, uh, we each picked a family to focus on. Um, and yeah, the purpose of the design guide was to just encourage media producers and app developers and um, program designers, like, you know, community, um, like community outreach sort of okay. places and libraries to um, incorporate ethnographic research into their design process. I see. 
And so if you can give me sort of like an example of one of the things you guys had in the guidelines. Sure. So um, we had a couple of different cases. Um, so we had one about like designing culturally relevant products. Um, we had one about language in the home because a lot of our families had, you know, parents speaking mostly Spanish and kids speaking mostly English or just like how to um, how to consider that when you're designing things for children. Right. Uh, we had one about connecting home and school learning and one about siblings. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Sibling learning. And uh, so if, if someone wanted to sort of see the entire design guidelines, is, does that live somewhere on the, the Cooney Center um, website or is it something that they sort of have to, how, how do they get their hands on something like that? Yeah, the the full report is available for free on the Cooney Center website. Um, you could just oh, nice. Google like design uh, designing for diverse families Cooney Center, and I'm sure it would pop right yeah, up. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put the link in the show notes so um, so people can see that that that's great that um, that people can can yeah um, can see that and download it. Um, it's really a great um, set of guidelines. Um, I you know, we've sort of looked at it as, as, um, sort of guide the guidelines that we're working on for, um, diversity in apps. So, um, speaking of diversity in apps, sorry, did you want to, I was just going to say, yeah, we, we envisioned a bunch of different uses for it. So, um, just like if one person wanted to reflect on it or if somebody wanted to use it in class for discussion, or if a team of designers wanted to get together and use them as design challenges to create something new or, right. Uh, or to improve an existing product. Like there are d several different ways that you could use it. Yeah. That's really smart. That's, that's great. Um, so like I said, I will, I'll definitely post the link, um, link for that. Um, it's a really great yeah. set of guidelines. Um, so now, um, we sort we sort of met a, a few months ago. Um, and I think it was at a, a CMA event, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And um, you, you expressed a lot of interest in, in diversity in apps, which we've loved um, and sort of connected us with with the Cooney Center. Um, so what what sort of made you get involved um, with with diversity in apps? Well, um, I know I've always been interested in diversity and um, representation and having diverse role models for children. So when I went to that CMA event and I saw that whole p panel of people, including people like Kevin Clark, who I think is awesome. And, um, right, right. It's like just hearing the different discussions that people were having. I felt like I was with my people. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And I know, I know um, you sort of have a, a special from our, from our discussions. I know you've had sort of a little special focus on, on television and movies specifically and sort of what, um, you know, the diversity and the inclusion as, as part of that in children's content. Any particular reason why that's been sort of a focus? Um, well, yeah, for my, my personal focus, that's what I'm interested in, even though sure. I know that kids are, you know, looking at so many different types of media and right. platforms. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of funny why. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a Power Ranger. Okay. Um, yeah. And I really loved the Pink Power Ranger. Cause she did these really awesome flips and I was like, Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> but, um, being a black, a little black girl, people often like when we were playing on the playground, they said that I had to be, um, the yellow ranger or oh, like, <laughs> so, um, luckily I didn't let that stop me and I ended up signing up for gymnastics and then I stuck with it for 14 years and it just really changed the whole tra trajectory That's... of my life. 
Oh wow, that's awesome. That's oh, uh, yeah. yeah really Power random. Power Rangers was a little after um, <laughs> after me, but I was I was sort of always I think I always wanted to be He Man when I was a little <laughs> nice. um, younger. Um, yeah. But no, that's um, that makes a lot of sense, and I think you're right. Kids consume a lot. Um, a lot of different types of media, but television and movies, I think, dominate mm-hmm. um, certainly uh, what they're what they're consuming. So it Definitely. makes sense. And even it's, if we were going into the homes, you know, in 2016, yeah, they had iPhones out and they had, um, you know, their tablets, but a lot of them were watching content right. that they would also find on television. So I'm just interested in that storytelling aspect and um, just like showing that they can be anybody that they want to be and that they have, if they want to, be like somebody who looks like them that they have those options right right no that makes a, a lot of sense and uh, i have nieces and nephews and when they're sort of open their tablets or phones they're going to youtube and you know they're mm-hmm. consuming movies and and tv or they're watching trailers etc so right um that totally makes sense so um the you've been at the cooney center now for three years your plan now is to go off to graduate school correct yeah, um, I'm act- yeah, I'm going to go to USC Annenberg um, to study diversity and children's media, hopefully. Awesome. Hopefully to create some stuff. So yeah. we'll see what happens. That's awesome. So you'll be enjoying the nice warm weather of Southern California. That will be <laughs> great. Tree, yes. well, yeah, we'll have to find an excuse to have a, a diversity and apps meeting out there. <laughs> that would be no, fun. But, uh, Brianna, I really appreciate your time. Um this uh this is really great you're our first guest um so yeah so um so with that we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up we'll see you guys next week and brianna thanks again thank you